Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Pastor Resources Podcast. Hope you enjoy the reading of our latest article. Confessions of an Angry Pastor Augustine's Confessions was the very first written autobiography. Countless others have followed. The newest is by Brent C. Hoffer. Brent, what's this all about? As pastors, Brent says, it's not enough for us to manage angers. Recovery is possible. I'm living proof of it. Confessions of an Angry Man is my redemptive story. Question. You were a pastor for three decades. What happened? Did growing angry eventually catch you by surprise? Just the opposite is true. I've been angry almost all my life. I'm talking about the type of angry that resembles a landmine. You don't always see it, but it's there, buried in the personality. And when something triggers it, people get seriously hurt. Over the years, living with me was like living through one tornado after another. Whether frustrated with life circumstances or irritated and angry with my family's behavior, I would explode in rage. Afterward, I would calm down, apologize, and go on as if nothing had happened. This cycle of explosion, apology, and false peace occurred for almost 12 years of marriage. I knew something was terribly wrong. I pleaded with God to change my life, to transform me into a good husband and father. Something had to change. Well, actually, a lot had to change. I prayed for God to change my life, and He did, but not the way I'd imagined. Following God's leading, Sherry, Ellen, and Nikki left me and moved 2,000 miles away. Question, were you shocked? Before leaving, Sherry would try to confront me on the seriousness of my harshness with the rage toward Ellie and Nikki. Instead of admitting I was wrong, I always became defensive. I would shift the blame onto Sherry and deny the impact I was having on my daughters. I couldn't admit how terrible I was behaving. It was too painful. After Sherry and the girls left, I was utterly sick of myself. I thought my life was over. Did you consider suicide? Devastated by tears, I rushed home from work, and on the way, I left the freeway via an 80-foot-tall exit ramp. Sick of life, I spun the wheel toward a launch off the ramp into the air, and as the car sped toward the guardrails, I came to my senses and jerked the wheel back. The pain of realizing how terrible I am, fortunately, did not end up in suicide but rather drove me to find a better way to live with others. What was that better way? Finally, I was ready to take responsibility and do whatever needed to be done to change my thinking and my behavior. To do that, I joined a recovery program. 
for more than two years, once a week, I was in a support group where I was confronted with what I had done to my family and what I needed to do to change. That included weekly readings, difficult homework, and putting into practice what I had been taught. All of this was necessary in order for me to truly take responsibility for how I had destroyed other people's lives. There was nothing enjoyable about it. For the longest time, I fought the feeling that I was better than everybody else in the group, and that was because I had never been arrested, yet I wasn't better than anyone. Ouch! That sounds like a slug to the gut. Well, as a pastor, I often had people come to me for counseling. I never thought I needed counseling. In my mind, I was better than other people. I was here to help them, but I certainly didn't need anyone's help. The ability to be open to receive help was fear-inducing, yet it was absolutely the step I needed to take. Actually, make that step. I did private counseling and attended four days of intensive workshops that forced me to face my nightmare head-on. In addition, I participated in a class of men who had wounded their children and were learning how to parent. Sherry had the girls call me every day to stay in touch. The pain of having to talk to the girls while they were a couple of thousand miles away was horrific. They told me about their school, their friends, their basketball games that they had played, all of which I missed. I cried almost every time after I spoke to them. Taking responsibility meant dealing with the pain I had caused and the pain I was feeling. Thankfully, there were wonderful positives. In the midst of the pain, I was no longer denying responsibility, but accepting it. There is an old saying, admitting you have a problem is the first step toward recovery. Taking responsibility meant I was on my way to changing, and with it, over time, came many benefits. Well, initially, how did people react to the news? The news raced like wildfire the first time I went back to church. I was certain that every woman would hate my guts. Instead, I found the situation quite different. Everywhere I went, I found that when I confessed I was wrong and I confessed what I had done, people didn't reject me. They encouraged me. Some went way too far and blamed Sherry for causing the family breakup. It was a new experience to defend my wife for leaving me and to explain that it was my fault entirely. Of course, I kept meeting people who hadn't heard the news yet. To be true to the path of healing, I learned I needed to tell the truth every time. Proverbs 29:23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. When I admitted my wrongdoing, it was hurtful as it was. I was stepping toward a transformed heart 
and life. The pain of facing my problems was much less than the pain of holding on to my pride, fear, pain, and anger. What gave me hope in the emotional darkness of my life was that I am loved. Loved? How do you mean? Despite the truth that I had driven my wife to reject me, I knew a more important truth. God loved me, and he had the ability to transform my world that I had ruined. The gospel was true after all. I came to believe that God was working for my good. He didn't want me angry or dominating my wife and my children. He wanted me to change, and he had not given up on me. My life was not over, and I was not alone in the dark. I had no idea how long it would take. Often I asked God if anything good was happening, but deep inside I sensed hope. In time, I realized that Sherry is the greatest venue for positive transformation in my life. Always, if I will listen, the results of learning to love Sherry brought healing to her heart and reconciliation to our relationship. The results of realizing God loved me transformed my life. This is the miracle I live with every day. Well, any last thoughts? If you're angry, Pastor, I plead with you to do the one act that no one else can do for you. Be willing to change. David Sanford coaches pastors and other Christian leaders passionate about demonstrating the reverence of Jesus Christ in every major sphere of life. His book, and Bible projects have been published by Zondervan, Tyndall, Thomas Books, Doubleday, and Amazon. His speaking engagements have ranged everywhere from UC Berkeley to the Billy Graham Center at the Cove. 